Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, 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 and welcome to Believe. That's B L E A V in Lions, right here on the Believe Network. As always, I'm your host at Javanaugh87, Jack Kavanaugh, and I am joined as always by the Detroit Lions legend, all world safety with the best hands and the best grades PFF has ever seen for the Lions. It's Glover Quinn. Yes, and the fact that you said that best hands, it was very evident. Uh, this weekend with two guys claiming to have the better hands dropping two interceptions. So I was wondering how long it was going to take you to bring that up. Cause first it was Darius, which we talked about Darius Slay drops the, in, the gimme interception versus the lions. And then Monday night football, Russell Wilson gives Quandre a chance to pick off his former teammate and it just goes right through his fingers. I mean, he threw him a gift. Like, it wasn't even – it looked like Russell was throwing Quandre the ball. Like, yeah. that looked like, like that play had zero chance. Quandre was clearly in cover two. And Russell clear uh, – uh, he was in some form of too high. It could have been playing the quarters or whatever, but I think it was a form of cover two. He's looking right at him. I, I have no idea – what Russ was thinking. No, Andre just missed a gift. And I feel like that about the Denver Broncos in general, because Russ had his ups and downs. That play especially should have been an interception. And then the field goal that everyone's up in arms about the field goal attempt to end the game would have been a second longest field goal of all time. Had it been made and Instead of trusting the quarterback, you just gave up, I believe, three first-round picks for. Instead, you kick the field goal, you miss, and you come up empty in Russ's homecoming against Seattle. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in-game betting, props, and futures. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. That's B-L-E-A-V-5-0. Bet online where the game starts. Yeah, I mean, I didn't, I didn't like that call. 
I definitely would have liked to see them give Russ a chance. I mean, that's what Russ is known for, fourth quarter drives, comebacks, big plays in the fourth quarter. And his ability to scramble around, I mean, I think they were very high on their third down percentages. Just for me watching it, it looked like every time it was third and short, they was picking those up, either passing it to the backside of the backfield or Russell running around, getting the first down, dumping it off to the tight end. So I definitely felt like, you know, they could have given him an opportunity to to get that five yards. Like I say, either way, you know, you, you do you feel like your kicker can make that kick? Of course, right? They play in Denver. That's where the longest field goals are, are always made in Denver. Um, I think McManus has kicked a long field goal before. But those things, we, we're talking history. That means very rarely do you make those. Not saying that you can't, but it's very rare. I would take the chance of Russell picking up five yards and us kicking a 60-yarder or 57 or 58-yarder over a 64-yarder. And so – I felt like they had a lot of time on the clock. They had timeouts. You know what, man? This is Russ's homecoming. This is week one, right? Losing a game in week one has never ended your season. Winning a game in week one has never won your season, guaranteed your season. So at the end of the day, as much as we want to say it's about this and about that, you know what? It's Russ's homecoming. We all know what it is. The NFL knew what it was. That's why they scheduled the game, right? They could have scheduled them to play any of the other 16 games or other, I would say, wouldn't not 16 necessarily opponents, but say 13 or so opponents. They could have scheduled any of those guys for Seattle and Denver to play on opening day, and they scheduled Denver and Seattle. Why? Because of Russell Westbrook. The same reason, I mean, Russell Wilson. Because of the same reason why they scheduled Carolina and Cleveland, Baker Mayfield. The NFL know exactly what they're doing. So let's give the people what they want to see. Russell Wilson has an opportunity to lead Denver to a win back in Seattle. And you took that away and you made it easy for the media because he missed the field goal. And now they're just talking about what would it have been had you not given Russ a chance, right? I mean, you paid him $230 million to kick a 64-yarder? You don't trust him to get five yards? That's tough. Absolutely very tough, especially with how well the offense was moving at times. Javante Williams absolutely eight. He was number two in the NFL in receptions behind only Cooper Cup, went over 100 yards receiving as a back, and... Our guy, Jerry Judy, who's on our fantasy team, he also went for over 100 yards with that 67-yard touchdown. So I was pretty thrilled about that. Oh, yeah. I mean, hey, Jerry Judy, appreciate you. The running back was killing out the back foot. He was running, he was running hard. It's tough to tackle. I was watching that game. <laughs> I was watching the game with my brother-in-law. I was just like, man, I don't know if it's the TV, but the pads are popping tonight. These guys are playing hard. Were, were we hitting this hard when I was out there? Was what were the running backs running like was it like this when I was out there? Because it don't seem that way when you're on the field, but when you're watching it on TV, it's like right there in your face. It's like, wow, man, these guys are these guys are really playing. I thought they played really hard, both teams on on Monday night. But that I mean that's week one, right? Everybody's excited to play week one. And so um, yeah, man, I thought um I thought the running back catching the ball at the backfield was awesome. And then, you know, Jerry Judy, like you said, he's fantasy team. Go Jerry Judy. 
You know what I'm saying? And he was at like he was at like four catches for 88 yards or something like that. And I was like, all right, we need to get by five by five more catches and at least 12 more yards. And then he ended up getting the first down catch for probably about 15 yards. I said, okay, well that's over 100. I think he caught a couple of screens. I don't know what he ended up with, but I thought I think it was pretty good. It was a pretty good day from him. It ended up with four for 102 and the touchdown. And I will say I can confirm that the pads were popping that hard back in the day because you were playing Adrian Peterson twice a season. I know for a fact that the pads were popping. Oh, yeah. I mean, AP, man, he was a tough runner. Unfortunately, what happened to him, you know, this weekend with the boxing match, but he was a great runner on the field. He was a tough guy. Loved playing against him. And you knew when you played against AP that the pads definitely were going to be popping. I actually, I think, you know, playing against AP was partly how I got my contract in Detroit. Because if you go back to the 2012 uh, Houston Texans game against the Minnesota Vikings, I probably had 10 tackles, maybe 12 or whatever. Um, eight of them may have been tackled for loss on Adrian Peterson, or four of them may have been tackled for loss on Adrian Peterson. Had a couple good open field one-on-one tackles against Adrian Peterson. And so then when we played the Detroit earlier in the season on Thanksgiving, played good against Brandon Pettigrew as the tight end. And so I think those two things ultimately led to them saying, let's take a look at this guy. And uh, it worked out. It sure did. I mean, probably saw, wait, he, he can cover like that and tackle Adrian Peterson like that. We got to get this guy to Detroit. We got to. So <laughs> I'm glad they did. I'm glad they did. I sure am, too. One final note on the Broncos before we move on from them. Quinn Miners, the right guard, he could miss four weeks with a hamstring injury. But in steps your former teammate, Graham Glasgow, Lions former third-round pick. So they're in still good pretty ha- or they're still in pretty good hands. Man, I saw that name. I was like, man, I wonder that Graham. Because, I, I mean, I used to be locker mates. Man, me and his locker used to be right next to each other. Big Glasgow. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I had one locker in between. You know, I was I was a veteran. He was a young guy, so I couldn't be right next to you. And I was a D line, DB. He was a D O lineman. So we had one locker, but it was just empty. So we talked all the time. Okay. So they're in good hands in Denver with Graham Glasgow taking the field. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Perfect. Definitely. Perfect. Perfect. And one final thought on this Monday night football game Geno Smith cooked in the first half ends up two touchdowns 195 yards and the win rex ryan says his chin is made of marshmallows he balled out rex ryan taking the cheap shot as he tends to do my only problem gino says that he was written off but he didn't write back i want him to write dk metcalf back because seven targets led the team that was great only 36 yards yeah, I mean, you know, I, I I know I know Gino was feeling good after that game. Obviously, the defense, you know, kept him in it. You know what I'm saying? You look at his numbers, he still didn't throw for 200 yards, right? He he had, you know, a couple good plays in the first half. He ran a couple timely scrambles and things like that. So, obviously, the defense not allowing Denver to put points up, kept them in the game, allowed them to stay in the game plan, be able to run the ball, and, you know, just not not lose the game. So let's not, you know, anoint Gino at, at this point, right? And I would like for Gino 
to just keep his head down. Don't be sitting there like, oh, they wrote me off, but I didn't write back. You still got 16 more games to go, bro. Like, you didn't win the Super Bowl. This, If this was the Super Bowl and you make that statement, no problem. This is not the Super Bowl. This is week one. You got 16 more games to go. So I would, I would like for him to just, you know, stay humble, keep his head down, and just keep grinding and keep working it out. But being emotional, coming off a big win like that, you know, because like I say, they nobody's ever going to admit it, right? Nobody's ever going to say it. But at the end of the day, Gino really wanted to win that game because of who they were playing against. Russell really wanted to win that game. That's really what happened. Now, they, he may not say it, and they may say, it was just another day at the ballpark. No, it's not. It is not. It is Russell Wilson coming in. And one thing I will say about that right there, and I don't know all of the history that happened with Russell, with his, with his departure, what happened with the fans and the front office and why he won. I don't know all that stuff. But what I do know is Russell Wilson gave Seattle a lot of incredible years, won them a Super Bowl, had them right at the doorsteps to win another one, like took them to two Super Bowls. He looked like a total team guy. So I thought it was very rude of them to boo him. Um I understand during a game because you're not necessarily born. You're cheering loud so that you can win the game, right? We all understand that as athletes, right? You don't play for that team anymore, so they're probably going to boo, right? But at the beginning of the game, when he comes out, there's a there's a way to show a respect to him and an appreciation for what he did do in Seattle for however many years he was there. So I didn't really like that from the Seattle fans, but that's neither here nor there. I completely agree. It's always tough when you're a fan because the emotions are raised, but you still got to show respect to someone who's done so much and given so much for you. And it's very much like the Andrew Luck situation where they found out he retired during the game and booed him off the field. In hindsight, I know those fans have come out and said, yeah, we made a mistake. We wish we could have that one back. We wish Andrew Luck had the retirement send-off he deserved instead of Adam Schefter ruining the tweet. So it's tough. You understand the emotions are heightened, but come on, man. You got to respect Russell Wilson. Right. And like I say, you do it during the game. I mean, you know what I'm saying? You do it during the game. I mean, I think I – did Tom go back to uh, New England? Yeah, he went back last year, right? When he comes out, they're standing, standing ovation. ovation. During the game, they probably rooting against you. Tell them, like, they want to win, right? We're in New England. We rooting for Mac Jones because he's the new guy. He's the new era, right? But we can't throw away the great years in Super Bowls that Tom gave us, right? You can't throw away the great years that Russ and the Seattle Seahawks and the defense and those guys, the Super Bowl. Like, you can't throw all that away because of business. Like, you're a fan. Cheer for Russ. Show him his appreciation. And then during the game, no, I understand you're cheering for Seattle because you're the home team. You want Seattle to win. You're going to be loud. You're going to be obnoxious. All those different things. We understand that. But before the game, show some respect, man. Completely agree with you. And moving on from the Seahawks from Monday Night Football, we do have to talk about the Detroit Lions because – We've had some time to sit on the loss to the Seattle Seahawks. And my biggest 
thought is how do you simulate a Jalen Hurts in practice? Because you've got Jared Goff, who doesn't compare at all. And then your backup is Nate Sudfeld, who doesn't compare at all. And your practice squad QB is Tim Boyle, who doesn't compare at all. So how do you game plan against a Jalen Hurts when you can't replicate him in practice? It's difficult because, you know, you don't have anybody that can naturally do it, right? They can put, they can put, you know, a receiving type of person there to give them a look, but they're only working a scramble. So as a defensive back, you're not really going through all the proper things on the back end from a passing standpoint because you know he's really in there to scramble. And that's what we're trying to work. Um, and then when you get in the game, you got someone who can actually scramble, someone who can actually throw the ball. So it's very difficult when you don't have someone who can naturally do it on your roster, on your in your quarterback room. So it's tough. You know what I'm saying? It's one thing you got to preach it week in and week out. You got to preach it every day. Uh, understanding what the rush lanes are going to be like. You got to understand, you know, in practice, I know I'm going against this guy, but for this game, this is going to be my rush technique. And that's the hard part because so many times, you know, and, I, and I, I've and i never been, I guess, on in the O-line room or the running back rooms, but I do remember when I had to play scout team, you know, for the couple of weeks that I did, I was always – into who am I this week? You know what I'm saying? Who am I this week? Am I Troy Palomalu this week? Am I Ed Reed this week? Am I Darrell Revis this week? Who am I this week? And I'm trying to emulate that person the way they play the game because that's what they're going to see on Sunday. And I think we see it a lot of times from the skill guys, from a defensive standpoint or an offensive wide receiver, things like that. But I don't know if those left tackles and right tackles are trying to say, okay, who's the left tackle? Oh, that's Taylor Decker. Okay, I need to emulate Taylor Decker so that this defensive end can get a look at this is how Taylor Decker is going to play you, right? And so you think about that from from the other side. It's like, you know, you got to get those pass rushes in during the week so you can say, okay, I know I'm going against whoever in practice. But this is going to be my rush in the game because it's going to help keep Jalen Hurts in the pocket. It's going to help against their tackle because of the way he blocks. So, yeah, it may not work against Taylor, but it's going to work in the game. And I got to get my body used to that. So you can't just have guys thinking they're just going to go and sack Jalen Hurts and just rushing up the field. You're going to open up way too many run lanes and he's going to kill you or eat you up or whatever you want to call it. And that's what we ended up seeing with the Detroit Lions, especially on the defensive line. PFF ended up giving Aiden Hutchinson a 45.3 pass rush grade, 128th out of 129 edge defenders. However, having worked from them in years past, I know it's because he was getting pressure. He had three of them and just missing the tackle. He gets downgraded for that. But getting pressure is still important. He still beat the offensive lineman in front of him. So if he can just calm down a little bit, 
He can rein in the footwork, not come so balls to the wall at Jalen Hurts. Or maybe it works with Carson Wentz. That's when Aiden Hutchinson is really going to emerge. Right. I, I definitely think he has a greater opportunity this week coming in at Jalen Hurts way too fast, out of control. Yes, I like I said on, on the show Sunday right after the game, I didn't remember hearing his name called for anything really on Sunday. That means he's not making tackles in the run game, wasn't making a lot of tackles in the backfield, and he wasn't sacking a quarterback. So to get that grade, that's that's probably what I would say. Yeah, probably so, because I don't remember his name being called. But he's going against Jalen Hurts, a quarterback that can run. So if he can have that same success this week against the guy in front of him, I think he can get Carson Wentz down a little better because Carson Wentz, he, although he will take off and run at times, he's not the runner that Jalen Hurts is. So it's going to be a bigger challenge for our secondary this week. But I definitely feel like Aiden Hutchinson can help those guys by having a rebound game and showing why he was the number two overall pick and, you know, make a big splash. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. And we did just see the number one overall pick get a sack and an interception against the Commanders last week. So the expectations are going to be sky high for Aiden Hutchinson. I think he's ready for the challenge and I think he's excited. And he gets a lot of good challenge in practice because Panay Sewell was really good and the numbers have come out. PFF gave him a 79.8, the number two right tackle and fourth tackle overall. So it's nice to see that. And I'm not surprised with how well DeAndre Swift played, breaking some runs behind Panay Sewell. It just adds up in this case. Yes, I mean, I thought, you know, that doesn't surprise you, right? Anytime you get a running back go over 150 yards or 100-plus yards, you know the O-line is doing something because he wasn't running them outside. He's running up the middle, up the, off the tackles. So you know the O-line is opening up holes, and he's doing his job in the open field to make guys miss and running away from guys. I mean, looks like he hit 20 miles per hour uh, on his run. So he's uh, definitely, you know, got the jets. He can run. You know, I talked to Slay after the game. Well, I talked to Slay on uh, when it was, maybe Monday or Tuesday. And Slay was like, you know, DeAndre Swift was fast, but I'm faster. So what I told him, like, hey, man, you fast. But, you know, because I think on that first run, Slay was the one that tackled DeAndre Swift when he broke out. And he's like, Swift's like, yeah, bro, you fast. So Slay's still, even though he's in your 10, still talking about how fast he is. But DeAndre Swift running 20 miles per hour is really, really fast. Um, and so when you have that combination of explosiveness and speed mixed with that O-line, if they can continue to give him the ball, I think he can be he can have a special year and stay healthy. See that he missed practice today, so I don't know. Those were a couple of things that I wanted to ask you about. Number one is with those speed trackers, DeAndre Swift being the third fastest running back on the week. Do you guys pay much attention to that as players when you're preparing or studying? And number two, 
DeAndre Swift mispractice. We don't know if it was for a specific injury or a rest day, but they did sign Justin Jackson to the active active roster from the practice squad. So is that a bad sign? Well, I mean, you know, for your first question, you know, I never really cared about the the speed tracker because at the end of the day, the way it works out, the longer distance you have to run, the higher your speed is going to be, right? So you may not hit a high 20 mile per hour speed, but you may not be running over 15, 20 yards either, right? You may be like as a safety, right? You're already playing back. So it's not like you're running very fast. And then all of a sudden you may see a ball and you break on it, but you're really only running 15 yards. So you don't have time to build up 20 mile per hour speed, but you get a guy that breaks out for 50 plus yards touchdown. I mean, run, they're going to have plenty of time to pick up speed. That's why you see a lot of the people that have the fastest times, not saying that they're not fast, but a lot of them get calculated from guys that's on special teams. They're running down on kickoff and they get a, 35, 45, 55 yard, just head on sprint. Those guys are going to put fast times up, right? You get these running backs and wide receivers that break out. Now they're trying to really run to go and score a touchdown. Those guys are going to get the higher times. A lot of times the defensive backs aren't really running that far to calculate that type of speed. So I never really paid much attention to it. I can tell if a guy's fast. And if a guy's not fast, and most of these running backs, if you get directly behind them, you're probably not going to catch them. You got to come from an angle and catch them because all those guys are fast. They can run. Um, Second question, I don't think it's a good sign, me personally, because if you're just giving them a rest day, I don't need to sign somebody from practice squad because practice squad guys, they could take reps with with the ones or the twos or whatever. You still got two running backs on the active roster. I think, right? You got Jamal and um, another guy, right? Yeah, Craig Reynolds. So got... They did call Justin Jackson up from the practice squad last week as well. I don't know. I, yeah. I I feel like you played one game. We didn't win. I don't feel like it's time for a rest day. I just don't feel like it's time for a rest day. I mean, we're, we're here to grind it out, right? You had a good game. We need to go have another. We need to have a bigger game. And so I don't feel like it's the time to be saying, all right, we're going to give this guy some time off. Like, mm-mm. nah. So I don't know how good of a sign it is. We got to keep an eye on that. We'll find out at four o'clock what the official diagnosis is when those injury reports roll out. And of course, we're going to be following it every day because not only are we Lions fans, we love DeAndre Swift, but we've got extra invested interest with Swift being the star essentially the captain of our fantasy team no question how did we do this week did we win ah that that is a good question i don't think i have checked who did we play i will pull that up right now and we will see how we did uh final thing lions versus eagles lions scored 35 points they only did that once last year so that is at least a good sign that's big time i will say that we got to get the defense and not give up 31 points, though. Yeah, that's uh, that's yeah, the other. I know, they had, I know they had 38, but defensively, we can't control the pick six. And I do feel like the NFL needs to adjust that stuff. They have the people that run the stats. They need to adjust that. They do. De- and Defenses get, you know, bumped in scoring because offense 
pick six or a special teams fumble and all these different things. As a defense, we didn't give up those points. So we don't need to get docked for that. I know it's a team thing, and I understand that, but I feel like they have enough people, enough statisticians, and all these guys that they can differentiate. Okay, these are the points that you gave up as a defense. I know it's a team you play, yada, 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 right? But but we get docked for it. The offense get credited for it, right? We go out and catch two pick sixes and put up 14 points, and the offense scored 35 points that game. Their scoring average is going up. So they get credited for it. They go out and give up a pick six, and our, our, our average going down. We get docked for it. Come on, NFL. We got to fix that. And that was something that always bothered me playing football in high school because there was one game where we lost 21 to nothing. Defense mm-hmm. didn't allow a single point, but you look at the stats, and, oh, this defense isn't very good. They gave up 21 points. They shouldn't have. This team stunk. Right. It's awful. They they can they can do that. I don't think they want to, but they can do that. It is. It's very frustrating. But you know, of course, why why would we benefit the defense? You know, we always gotta give give it to the offense. Give it to the offense. Make life easier for offense. Defense, right. nah. They don't they don't get any rules. They don't care about us. All right. I think I finally found the link. I'm finally pulling up our fantasy team. Hopefully here. In the meantime, though, any final thoughts from the Lions game or from this week of practice? Um, my final thoughts on the Lions game is, you know, they 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 look pretty good um, to an extent. You know, I want to see DeAndre get more carries. Um, you know, it looked like Jamal had just as many carries almost as, as DeAndre. And I know Jamal is getting a lot of the short yardage work to goal line work. Um, but I really would like for, for DeAndre to get more of a workload and he may have had some injuries or something like that, that we didn't know about, or they, they knew a little more. I don't really know, but I really would like to see that. Please keep Jared Goff in a play action. I think he's way more, uh, effective in that, in that role. Um, and I like, you know, looking at the final numbers, you don't really like it from AJ Brown's standpoint. But the fact that Devontae Smith didn't have a catch, I think it kind of evens and adds up. I kind of like the corners, how they play. They're going to get tested this week, though, right? Washington got three three good wide receivers, and Carson Wentz is definitely going to throw the ball. So be interesting to see how the secondary holds up this week. But like I said earlier, Aiden Hutchinson is going to come out on fire and know that he needs to play better than what he played last week, even if he felt like I was getting there and I just could, okay, we need you to get there this week and get the sacks. That's what you got to do. And I think he'll do that this week and he'll get pressure on Carson Wentz, create a couple fumbles from a sack standpoint, create some hurry up passes that the defense should be able to take advantage of. And hopefully the Lions can come out of that thing with a win. I agree with you. And I have finally located our fantasy football stats while you were giving that beautiful recap and look ahead and good news we scored the most points in the league last week thanks to swift kelsey and aj brown we stomped the team browns which is made up of eric metcalf former nfl player and their co-host noah schaefer and this week we will be facing team carolina panthers with jonathan stewart 
And where is his co-host, Desmond Johnson? They don't have a chance. Dude. No. Dude. AJ Brown? Travis Kelsey? <laughs> DeAndre Swift? Bro. Justin Herbert? Bro. 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 And we didn't even get good contributions, really, from the Denver defense. They didn't do anything. Oh. We didn't get good contributions. I don't know if he was in because those guys were on the bench, so I don't know how the lineup is set up. But we didn't get really anything from A.J. Dillon. Nobody in Green Bay did anything. Um, Kareem Hunt, Kareem Hunt, um, you know, he had a touchdown. I don't know if he was in the game or not. Um, Allen Robinson gave us nothing. Um, Julio gave us a big catch, but he didn't give us a touchdown. I still like Julio, though, especially with Chris Godwin getting injured. I still like Julio. You've seen the flashes. Um, what he can the talent's be still on there. Sunday. You saw it. You so called it. Chris Godwin gets healthy. Now we got three guys. Mike Evans, you saw what he still can do. Chris Godwin gets back. And Julio, I think those guys with what they call him, Lenny, uh, with him in the backfield, I think we can that Julio can definitely make some noise. So our fantasy team, I, I feel like, is uh, looking good completely agree with you there and fortunately we do not have Kendrick Bourne on our fantasy team he only got on the field for one target made a big play and expects to play more going forward for the Patriots but the report is that he was late to a pre-game meeting before the preseason game Patriots versus Panthers and fell into the doghouse of Belichick and Matt Patricia reminiscent of last year when Brandon Ayuk and Trey Sermon missed curfew and fell into Kyle Shanahan's doghouse. How easy is it for players to rub a coach the wrong way and then be punished in playing time because of it? Because we only ever hear the rumors and no one ever comments on it, but it's gotta be pretty wild. I mean, I think that's those are convenient excuses. They already felt that way about them. That's just a convenient excuse to put it, it on you. Right? Like, I mean, most of the time you say good players don't. Well, they do that for a good player. Well, good players, responsible players don't really miss curfew. They're not really late for meetings. You know what I'm saying? They don't really have those issues. But if they did, I can't say that they're going to put Mac Jones in the doghouse because he was late for a meeting. I can't say that's going to happen. I can't say Aaron Rodgers is going to be in the doghouse because he's late for a meeting. That's just, I don't see that happening. I can't say they're going to put Jared Goff in the doghouse because he was late for a meeting. You know what I'm saying? But if I already feel a certain type of way about you, halfway don't like you, kind of dealing with you. And then you do something like that, easy way for me to put you in the doghouse, and I can blame it on you. Well, he was late for a meeting, you know, in the preseason. Like, that was in the preseason, guys. That was in the preseason, right? Was he late for you this week? If he was late in the preseason, punish him in the preseason. He made your 53. So that should be over with. Why is he still in the doghouse? So I think those are convenient excuses because they already had a preconceived idea about him. That's that's very interesting, and it kind of makes sense because would Kyle Shanahan have done that for Debo Samuel? 
No, no, no. chance. He's changing the game plan. We literally saw Debo Samuel hold out and right. come back with open arms. Kyle Shanahan just thrilled to have him. Right. That's what I say. It just all depends. Like, like you said, Debo's not in the doghouse. He's running hard, scoring touchdowns on Sunday. He's not in the doghouse for sure. So I just think that's a convenient excuse. It's. I'm glad to hear you say that. It's very interesting because, again, you'd hear all these stories from years past of players who are stars. Joe, Broadway Joe going out and partying all night and then playing in the Super Bowl kind of things. They never got in the doghouse because the talent was that good. Right. That's just how it is. So, yeah. <laughs> Final thoughts before we get you out of here. We've got Thursday night football coming up tomorrow. We got Kansas City versus the Chargers. Keenan Allen has already been ruled out. Kansas City has ruled out their top corner or their young rookie cornerback, Trent McDuffie. So when you already have those players ruled out, the Chargers have JC Jackson, who is still questionable coming off the ankle surgery. What do you think is going to happen? Chargers, Kansas City. I think it's going to be a good game, man. It's a great matchup. You know, two good quarterbacks, two good teams. And I think, um, you know, losing Keenan Allen is huge. Obviously, he's a he's a great player. Um, Kansas City looked explosive on Sunday. They They put up 45 points, I think. For them, they wanted to come out, obviously. Like I say, every, nobody comes out and says things, but we all know what's really going on. So they've heard all the talk about losing Tyreek Hill and losing the explosiveness that Tyreek Hill brings to an offense. So you know they wanted to come out and show that, hey, even though we don't have Tyreek, we're still the Kansas City Chiefs, right? So they looked explosive on Sunday, Right now they're playing a division opponent. I like San Diego's defense. I mean Los Angeles defense. You know, would love for JC to get out there at the corner. So I mean, you can't help, you know, but get better when you bring it in, Mister Interception. And so, I like the Chargers, but Kansas City looked explosive. I think I picked the Chargers to win. But Kansas City looked explosive. I, I'm going to ride with Justin Herbert. He's our fantasy quarterback, so I got to ride with, with, with Herb. But I hope um, Travis Kelsey have a good day. Um, but I think it's going to be an explosive game. I'm excited to watch it. It's like, man, I feel like we just got away from football, and now it's like, man, football's back tomorrow. How lucky are, are we? So I'm excited for that game. I think it's going to be a really good game. But I think uh, I think Kansas City's going to – I mean, not Kansas City. I think Sandy – I mean – not San Diego. I think uh, L.A. is going to pull it out, and I think they're going to show that they're ready to take that step to 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 win that division, get in the, get in the playoffs and make a run for it. And you can bet on the Chargers over at betonline.ag. Thanks for sponsoring the show. And I agree with you. I think the Chargers are going to take this. However, I did put Patrick Mahomes in my top five winners from week one because of all the rumors of Kansas City's demise. We talked all offseason, like you said, that, oh, you know, no Tyreek Hill. They, they lost all of their backup receivers, too. They lost Byron Pringle. They lost to Marcus Robinson. Oh, it, it, it's different now. It's different. Well, 
different doesn't matter for Patrick Mahomes. So I had to put him in there and give him credit. I know you would have preferred I put Minka Fitzpatrick on that top five list. I thought Minka had a great day, but Patrick Mahomes deserved to be on that day too. So I would be wondering who are the other three that are on there that allowed Minka not to be on there. For me, it was Justin Jefferson versus the Packers in the divisional matchup. It was the Giants as a whole because the culture is completely changed, it seems. Uh, I also had Josh Allen because Josh Allen. And I had DeAndre Swift because I am a biased individual. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Those are all credible. And that's the thing about the league, man. They're all credible. Like I I can't really argue anyone and you know i think that what the giants did was impressive nobody expected that um this was ncaa tournament everybody's bracket would have been busted after the giants beat tennessee i don't know if anybody other than the giants fans and some of them probably didn't even pick the giants to win so what they did was impressive and so um it was a great week of football well i will say this right here the early games were great monday night football was great sunday night football Awful. Cowboys, awful. The evening games, not great. Dallas, I mean, not Dallas. uh, Green Bay, Minnesota, not great. Arizona, not great. Um, Who else played the evening game? Um, Uh, Bengals versus Steelers in the quarter. Oh, no, that was was an early game. Yeah. Um, I think you had Dallas. Dallas played the night game. You had Kansas City. Oh, the the Chargers. Chargers game. I mean, that wasn't a great game, right? Who they played? They played, they the, played Ra- the Raiders, and it was Raiders. Cl- it close it was at the cl- end, but yeah. the Chargers dominated the game. It didn't feel as close as the scoreboard no. said. It basically felt like the Chargers were winning all game, and Devontae Adams was making plays. Yeah. So I didn't I didn't think the, the late games were good in comparison to the fireworks that we saw in the early games. So, um, But it's the NFL, man. These guys are playing at a high level, and it's just incredible to watch these guys play. And it's also incredible for me to sit there and think, man, I played out there for 10 years at that high of a level. I must have been okay because these guys are playing ball. And so it's great to see these guys play. And um, it's great to be a fan of the NFL. It's a great time to be a fan of the NFL. It's a great time to be a fan of the Detroit Lions. And I cannot wait for week two. Glover, you got any pluggables to plug before we get you out of here? Nah, not plugging today. I don't have anything, anything extra. I don't have anything extra, but I will probably have something on the next show. And we cannot wait for that. Make sure you subscribe, leave us a comment, leave us a review. And until later this week, we will see you next time. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.